0: everyone, this is Charlie Levine and you are listening to the Angler's Journal Podcast. Brought to you by Angler's Journal Magazine. If you're looking for a different fishing magazine that isn't just full of the same old, same old stuff, that actually writes some in-depth stories about the people and places and boats and all the cool stuff that makes fishing great, check out anglersjournal.com and pick up a subscription. The Angler's Journal Podcast is proud to announce we have a new sponsor, IMTRA. If you're interested in the latest bow and stern thruster technology, look no further than Slepner's latest innovation, E-Series thrusters, now available from IMTRA. Slepner, formerly SidePower, developed E-Series with the first electric motor designed and manufactured specifically for marine thruster use. Combining the motor with their proven gear leg design and Q-Prop skew propeller delivers performance and runtimes never seen before in a DC thruster. If you're interested to learn more about these thrusters, visit imtra.com. That's imtr. dot com. Today, I'm joined by a buddy of mine who's in town for the ICAST show, which is the world's largest fishing tackle trade show, and nice enough to come sit down and talk fishing. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Captain Shane Jarvis. Thanks, How are so you? Thanks, Dude, it's so good to see you. So Shane is the owner and operator of Sport Fish Panama Island Lodge. I got that right? and it's, <laughs> You
1: got it right. Five words. Yep. You it's a it
0: fantastic right. lodge. Um, you actually stay on an island. You run how many boats?
1: We've got four cats, four 33-foot cats, catamarans.
0: Four. That's a lot of work. <laughs> Um, but, and they're not just catamarans. They're, they're really well-maintained. You've got Freemans and Whirlcats and Shane is very, very dialed into tuna fishing, pelagics, marlin, mahi. Um, and I was stoked that you were here because I've been meaning to do a podcast about, you know, everything that goes into offshore fishing. We get asked a lot by people like who are interested in getting into it, maybe a little scared of. All the work involved and expense and stuff, and and you do it so often, you're like the perfect guy for me to talk to about this stuff. So I just wanted to start, obviously, probably the most important thing with offshore fishing is the vessel, right? Correct. I mean... Suited
1: for what, you know, your purpose is.
0: Yeah, and you're running, how far in Panama's are you typically running to find the tuna?
1: Anywhere from, you know, tuna, anywhere from 20 to 40 miles.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure you you grew up in the East Coast, so you know, I mean, the guys who fish canyons and stuff, they're running up to 100 miles.
1: Oh, yeah, in rougher seas, too. I mean, the area that we're in is the Gulf of Cherokee, where we are in Panama is pretty smooth. But
0: I love the Pacific Ocean. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Living in Florida, I love the Pacific.
0: But, you know, you obviously have to have a boat that you are um, confident it's going to get you there safely. You're going to have enough fuel you need the motors are going to run everything's maintained i mean is that always your obviously there's a lot of tackle involved but is the boat sort of the top priority when you're when you're putting together an offshore trip
1: well i mean yeah i mean expe- especially for for us because you know we're taking clients out so safety is number 1 so especially when we're running far distances offshore um two motors is key yep um we're not we don't have the the luxury of sea tow or boat us either so um two motors is is key yeah
0: and how many you know on a typical year how many trips does each boat run
1: we we fish in tw- 25 days a month 10 months out of the year um two three sometimes four boats so quite a few days i mean we're putting Two thousand plus hours a year on each boat. So wow,
0: yeah. I mean, it's a lot of systems too. Now, I mean, it's not just it's not just the motors, and it's not just the boat. It's your live wells, it's your tuna tubes, it's your electronics, it's you know all the chillers and ice. Whatever. There's just a lot going on. Um, so I, I guess if you had a client, and I'm sure this happens a lot, guys come down wanting to learn more for their learn some stuff to take home.
1: Definitely, definitely, yeah. A lot of our clients are guys that have boats, okay, from Florida, Texas, New York. Sure. California that come and see what we do and, and, and try to, you know, apply that to where they are, you know, in their boats. So, you know, just like I did when I was starting out. I mean, I'd go with the charter guy and be look at the knots he uses, look at the gear they use. Um, you know, the methods they use, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you pick up, you know, what works for you in your area. You know, yeah, sure. Everybody does that. Yeah. A lot of our clients do that for sure.
0: Yeah. If you don't learn something, you're just not paying attention. <laughs> yeah.
1: and, we, and, we, and, and we like to teach, you know, I like to teach and I, I, you know, I teach my, my captains, all my captains were our mates before were my mates before. To, 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 you know a, a key part of it is is when our clients are out i mean you know explain to them what's going on you know te- teach the people you know be open about you know the methods that we're using what we're doing explain to everybody you don't just run out there and don't say anything you mean you to explain to the clients what's going on people most people like that they want to know they want to yeah. they, they want to you know absorb the stuff that we're doing and understand what's going on what we're looking for activity wise for fish we you know why we're doing certain things the way we do it you know and uh, that's all part of the experience.
0: I love that part, too. It's part of the reason why I love fishing, especially traveling, fishing, you know, travel, uh, is, is that factor is learning new stuff and being somewhere different and all that. And it's cool where you guys are because it's, it can be so visual. You find these giant schools of fish, whether, you know, the porpoises and then the tuna are with them. And I remember asking you a lot, like, why are we setting up here? And, or you would you run you kind of would determine where they were going or you had all these different ways of doing it. Um, What are some of the more common questions people ask you coming from the States that maybe you're doing something different and they want to know why?
1: You know, the great thing, like you said, I mean, a a lot of our, what we do is visual. We're not the typical go out there and troll, you know, open water with plastics or ballyhoo. Um, We do a lot of run and gun. We, you know, we, we run and look for, activity um, birds bait you know busting logs floating yeah um, things of that nature porpoises um,
0: and you're using your electronics a lot
1: oh yeah i mean we're using our radar um, radar's key because you can see, you know it gives you a seven eight mile swath whereas you know the, the naked eye can only see about two uh, two miles max birds so keep our eye on that Look for marks of birds, porpoises jumping in the distance. Um, it's definitely very visual. And then w- once we see that activity, then we run and, you know, try to get an idea of what's going on. You know, are, are there, if there's porpoises, there's going to be, you know, chances there's going to be tunas with them. So we run up on them, get near the, the porpoises, look look at the behavior, how the porpoises are moving through the water. Um, then start looking at our, at, at our sonar to see if we see marks of, you know, Down fish below. or bait underneath. And then that'll determine you know what we're gonna do. Are we gonna you know are we gonna pitch a live bait out in front of these porpoises? Are we gonna we see the marks of tunas down 60, 80 feet? Are we gonna put a, a chunk on with the weight? Are we gonna drop a jig down? Yeah. Or are we you know if we see them you know up on top, we're gonna cast a popper. Yeah. That's that's what we're doing.
0: It's so cool when the one trip I was there with you, seeing the freaking melee that happens mm-hmm. on the surface of the ocean down there. With the birds diving and the bait flying and the tuna coming out of the water and crashing. And and sometimes it goes on and on. Like, we would just sit there and it would last for minutes.
1: There was there was a lot of bait. I mean, sometimes it's more obvious than others what's going on. So, you know, what, like you're saying, what to look for, you know. I mean, sometimes it's super obvious. I mean, they're splashing. <laughs> and in, a, and, in a perfect and huge world. Tuna, yeah, and huge tunas jumping out of the water other times it's not so obvious you know it's just maybe you'll see just like a porpoise a few porpoises rolling and if, if they're all rolling crossing over each other then you know we from experience know that there's probably going to be you know fish down there so um yeah it's um definitely uh you know our, our eyes are trained over the years to, to 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 pick up on these little things but uh it's great when you come and run into the type of action like we saw that day, and it was there was so much bait, and those tuna boils, those f- you know frenzies like we saw. If there's a lot of bait, um, they'll they'll last forever. I mean, because what happens? You'll come into these different areas of bait pods, and there might be a bunch of tunas and porpoises around. Um, the frenzies may last minutes and minutes and minutes as the tunas just decimate the whole school. When, the, when once the bait's all gone, then it they goes, disperse. Yeah, then it disperses.
0: But it, anyone listening, what is your Instagram handle?
1: Panama Fishing.
0: Panama Fishing, at Panama Fishing. You can go and see Shane and his crew when the fishing's good. Just take a dip net and yeah. stick it in the water next to the boat and yeah. come up with a full scoop of bait.
1: When it's really good like that, it's yeah, we get, we get times when the, when the, bol- we call them bolillos, they're, they're little mackerels. Well, the, the, the porpoises will just, the porpoises are always out there herding bait, okay, and the tunas just kind of hang by and wait for the porpoises to do all the the work, and then they rush in for the for the kill. But anyway, the the porpoises will move the, move these huge schools of, of bait up to the surface, and then, then and then they'll be so scared that that they'll just want to come up right next to the boat. We can get next to them with our dip net, and just <laughs> scoop huge balls and put them in our live well. It's it's pretty awesome when it's, that happens. that's not fair. It's just not fair. <laughs>
0: But, I mean, for guys living in the States, whether you're in North Carolina, fishing the Outer Banks or up in the Northeast, and, you you know, obviously the boat is key. That's step number one, I think, for offshore. And if you don't have the boat, you know, join a fishing club or go charter and and get somebody. And, you know, even you could be part of a team and contribute. You might not have a boat, but you can contribute in a lot of other ways, whether you're working in the deck or help take care of it, or all that stuff. But I think the boat is key. You need a safe vessel. And then, now we're going to switch gears and start talking a little bit about tackle. Because you must go through a pile of tackle the way you guys fish down there. Whether you're throwing spinning rods with poppers and jigs or running bait. I mean, I, I like how much leader material do you need? How many hooks do you need? How many...
1: We go through... Quite a bit, quite a bit. I mean, you know, because we're fishing every day and we do, you know, multiple different types of, of you know, types of fishing, like you said, with the sp- spinning um, rods and reels with the poppers, the jigs, um, you know, the trolling outfits. So we've got, um, you know, big conventional reels, 80s, 50s, um, 30s, and 12s. Um,
0: and you use all really good stuff. I know you work with several companies and that's why you were here, right, for the yeah. trade shows, to yeah. see all the guys you work with. Yeah,
1: I've been very fortunate. I've got some really good relationships with a bunch of great companies and that I've been with for years, and they support us with pretty much all of our gear. I mean, the, all, these, all these guys give us all the you know, rods, reels, hooks, line, baits, uh, or, you know, lures.
0: And I would think the reason they're working with you is for what we were saying before. These people who come down and fish with you, they want it. Exactly. They want those people to experience their stuff. So it's sort of helping everyone.
1: Yeah. No. They see. They see these the equipment that we use, and that's you know they'll go come back to the states and they'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: And w- so, what is um, your? general setup for your conventional rods what do you got on there
1: conventional rods you've got all accurate reels okay for all our conventional reels um blackfin rods we use for the, the best you know heavy tackle rods around we also use those for our inshore um rods slow troll live baits for oh, rooster, rooster fish. fish and kuberas and oh that's fun too you know, um fishing you know anywhere from 40 to Two hundred feet on sea mounts and whatnot for Almaco jacks and blue trevally and, and roomtail groupers, things like that. Um, for our spinning outfits, um, we use Shimano reels, um, Saragosas, um, and Twin Powers um, for for the popping and jigging, and, you know, pitch pitch rods for when we run up, we're running out offshore. We see a log. We see a sailfish. We'll pitch a, uh, a big live bait to them on the big spinning rods.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor. Imtra is a 100% employee-owned company committed to bringing best-in-class products, expert product knowledge, and unparalleled support to the entire marine industry throughout North America since 1952.
1: We've also got... Um, a, a couple of electric reels that we use um the boats have, all have electric reels to do deep dropping you know that's another thing to
0: oh that is that a new thing that you started doing or no, you have been doing that a while
1: we've been doing it for a while but it, it's you know some cli- it's not so sporting to go you know run and do deep dropping but some guys it's, just it's love another it, tool though. in the toolbox so i mean you know it's fishing it's also it's a great thing about our, our fishery the same, I guess, with Florida and some other places. That there's there's a bunch of different things that you can do. So if it's not happening, you know, with the, if you're going to target tunas and it's not happening, then pivot. Then, then don't beat your head against the wall. Switch gears and go do something else. Go try to get some dorado, or go to the reef and try to get some snappers or or groupers. So that I mean, with your tackle setup, you want to have, you want to be prepared for any any uh, situation that may arise, and 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 just that's that's what you're running and gunning and and keeping it interesting and if you know fishing is fishing it's if if they're not biting then go do something different yeah or or have you know have a plan if if the tide is uh you know know when the tide is if the tide switches sometimes they'll start biting but go do something different until the tide switches okay you can go deep drop it and do that for a while um once the tide switches then maybe the the tunas will start biting or the the group are all you know them to the spot you want, you know. So you know, And
0: when you're dialed in the way you guys are to make that pivot is just reel those in and grab these and put these out. Exactly. It takes Definitely. like no time at all.
1: Yeah, have have your setups, you know, set so it's easy to switch from <clears throat> for instance, we we unlike, you know, um, private guys, we 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 use swivel snaps on almost all of our setups. Why do we use a swivel snap? So we can clip on a leader and clip on a live bait. We can clip on a jig. Okay, we can clip on a hook so we can put the chunks down. Um, you know, a lot of guys will tie like an FG knot or something. They'll tie the braid to the the fluorocarbon, which um, is it's easier for for a guy who's you know, a guy on his private boat. But we're charter fishing and we're switching from one thing to the next. It's just easier for us to snap, snap them on, yeah. So that's. Um, you put that
0: swivels put. on the spinning rods too.
1: Yep, sure do.
0: Okay, so when you're putting um, uh, a a Popper or darter or whatever um you just keep a leader on there and
1: yeah we we, we have a so we've got a swivel snap to our you know just you, you tie a swivel snap right to your main line we use 65 pound you know yuzuri super braid then we'll have <clears throat> about a three foot length of anywhere from six we'll use 60 for inshore stuff you know 80 100 130 for um Yozuri Super Floral, um, you know, tied to our, to our you know, popper. Okay. Yozuri Mag Popper or a swim bait um, or a jig, you know. So um, you can switch those off real quick as you like, um, depending on the situation. Like, if you see the tunas down deep, you're marking them on your sonar, you see them down 100 feet, clip a jig on, drop it down, jig it a couple of times, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it don't happen, then then uh, put, put a weight on Um We we keep a a piece of monofilament on a six eight ounce weight, clip it onto our onto our swivel, snap. Have the leader on it, put it and drop a live bait down, see if that works. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of times, especially with the tunas, a lot of fish, but especially the tunas are very finicky. You know, you you, some days they love the some days they love the jig, some days they love the live bait, some days they love the chunk, some days the popper funniest thing is you'll have them swimming all around the boat you'll throw a live bait out in front of them what they're eating every day and they won't eat it weird and then you throw a freaking pizza molded plastic out front of them (laughs) them, and they nail it yeah you know so it's it's you got to be ready for whatever situation and you got to um you know improvise and 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 do what works
0: and you guys always have a a billfish pitch bait or something ready to go well we've, we've
1: always we've so that that's another thing things happen on the boat in a blink of an eye so catching a fish or not catching a fish could happen in a matter of seconds if you're not ready so we always keep we've got our little tuna tubes you know which not not a lot of guys have but most everybody's got a live well you can keep up keep a live bait you know hooked under when of are spinning rods and always keep it ready to pitch out because
0: in the tube ready to in, go in
1: the tube ready to go so when you're running offshore a lot of times i'll be looking i'll see a fish tailing i'll see the water moving and it, it could be a sailfish's sail up. It could be his tail out and like, moving like a knife through the water. You just run up and pitch a bait in front of him, and boom, you're on. They, I mean, it skunks out, you know. <clears throat> and that could be the difference between catching something that day and not. You never know. But you got to be ready. So if you pull up to the spot and, you, and you're sitting there trying to, to rig the bait up, I mean, that fish swims away gone. Yeah. Chance gone.
0: Yeah, you have to be ready. Yep. So I guess that's the second key point is be ready have all your stuff rigged have multiple things rigged and then i'm sure by the end of the day after all the chaos of fishing you've got a lot of re-rigging and redoing and
1: yeah to prepare for the next day i mean for us as charter guys when you you know the preparing stages is is the biggest part of fishing you know being being prepared and having all your gear ready to go get out there in the situation you you know you make make those mistakes and learn from them And just, you know, the next time you go out, have that thing, whatever it may be, ready so you don't make the same mistake twice.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, it's true in any fishery. You go, you watch these bass tournament guys. They got, like, 50 rods on the bow, you know, and they can just put one down, grab one, boom, and, and away they go. And I think it's very true. It's a lot more expensive offshore if you want, you know, to fill your quiver with all these different lures and even the hooks and leader. and It gets pricey, but I think you need to have it. And you need to just be prepared for that. It's part of the deal. For sure. For sure. You're not running uh, rubber worms out there. (laughs) Um, Well, with bait too, so how do you guys, you don't, you're not really trolling like you said, which I think was one of the things I really enjoyed about fishing with you is it's, it's just a lot more action. You're moving around. You're, you're always doing something and there is some running as, but even when you find the fish and you're running up to him, it's exciting.
1: Sure. Yeah. Like,
0: and then, you know, you start, sl- you pull the boat out of gear and it's still flying forward. It's like, Charlie, get up on the bow and your knees are knocking and you're about ready to throw the, you know, cast a spinning rod. Um, but how much, how, how important is bait? I, I guess probably not as much to the guy who's trolling. Obviously they've got to rig tons of naked ballyhoo, and, um, you know, maybe salt the baits and all that stuff. But how important is bait to what you do?
1: Well, Live bait for us is super important. I mean, well, we use live bait and we use dead bait. You know, we we take out. We use flats of sardines, chunks for the for the tunas, and we'll cut up the live bait and use chunks of bonita at times for the you know just make a slick
0: behind the boat
1: for for cuberas and whatnot when we're oh even inshore when when we're bottom fishing. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, the bait's super important. So anyway, I mean, having live bait is. it's almost like cheating, okay? I mean, we go out we go out every day with, you know, 20 baits, 20 blue runners or goggle eyes. Um, and, uh, again, you know, bait sometimes can make the difference between catching and not catching. Um, those fish are out there eating other fish, so um, that's what you want to have. I mean, it's... Is it hard
0: for you guys to acquire live bait? I don't think so. It feels it, like... It, it,
1: it, it isn't now. I mean, we, we used to go catch bait. I mean, there's a bunch of rocks all around our island where, where these, you can find these goggle eyes and and blue runners and catch them, you know, go out there with sabiki rigs and, and catch them, but it, it, but it's fishing. So, you know, sometimes it's hard to get or you can't get them. Anyway, now, I mean, we leave every morning with the bait. We used to, back in the day, we used to go with the clients to go catch the bait, you know, that's part of the deal, but now it's, you know, you can, if you don't catch them, then it can be frustrating, you're burning time, where you could be out there fishing, so I have a I have a guy now that catches bait for us. Okay, and so every every boat leaves a twenty baits in the morning, so it's uh, um, you know a lot easier than than going to try to catch bait and and burning the fuel, you know, catching the bait two in the morning, so we can just get right to it.
0: Yeah, I guess that's sort of a regional question. Mm-hmm. Like in California, they've got those bait barges right outside mm-hmm. the harbor. You can go buy a scoop of bait. Mm-hmm. Florida, with the sail fishing, it can be, last few years seems really hard to catch bait, Yeah, Um, but you can buy bait. Um, So I guess it's different. Up in the Northeast, you know, it seems like if they're tuna fishing, they might be using live bluefish or herring or mackerel or something. I guess it's just different for everywhere you go, but for someone who wants to get into it, I guess you just got to know what they're biting on, right, and figure out a way to find them.
1: Your your, your best chances of getting something generally are going to be with live bait. I mean, there are certain people that are, you know, traditionalists and they want to do everything on artificials. But, um, I mean, if you, you want your best chance of catching fish, generally it's going to be on live bait or dead mm-hmm. bait of some sort.
0: And then <laughs> you you got to prepare, to just things like ice and food and fuel. And for you guys, live at, you know, operating on an island, literally, it's times 10 as far as difficulty levels. I've seen the barge that you use for – fuel and all that stuff but i don't know that's got to be a big part of the puzzle for you
1: yeah i mean we take it to the next level with preparedness but you know we've been doing it for so long so it's it's you know just second nature to us but you know just like any guy who's there you know prepping his boat getting ready for the day of fishing it's you know you got to have your ice and um you know your food and um you know water sodas beers, whoever you're, what you guys want, you're catering to, you know, make sure you got your, your dead bait ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure your tackle's all set up, everything's organized and, and for the day and, you know, just, w- we've been doing it for so long that, you know.
0: Kind of, Do you have a checklist or
1: um, mental checklist? M- mental checklist mostly. I mean, the, the, the mates are the ones preparing the boat and, you know, the days before, for instance, the days before we get ready for 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 our groups, I mean, the captains are with the mates, and we meet at the boat, and and just we make sure that all the rods and reels and are all set with you know good line. Um, each one of our tackle boxes on the boat, they all have the same amount of uh, fluorocarbon and hooks and swivel snaps and backup stuff, um, lead, um, you know, needles for rigging baits. Um, floss um yeah we actually use use mono we don't use floss because it's just okay so hard to get but um all all that little stuff i mean like i said we've been doing it for so long we we keep it simple you know the the best way is just to keep it simple with the with the essentials yeah and then uh you know and then over time as you as you run into these situations where you where you need something or you know, you figure out. You know, you need some more equipment or some more gear, then you can add that to your arsenal. And yeah,
0: but yeah. like I could go drive down to Bass Pro and get anything <laughs> yeah. in God's well, creation. Yeah. You don't have that luxury.
1: No, well, I mean, the we we get all our gear from from our you know our sponsors here in the state. So Mustad gives us all our our hooks and uh, swivel snaps. So you kind of do like
0: <laughs> the beginning of the season, you get a big Stock pile up. of stuff. Exactly. Okay. And then exactly,
1: Yosuri gives us our fluorocarbon braided line, um, or you know poppers and swim baits. How
0: often do you change your line?
1: Um, basically, based on braided line is you know on just ba- most line braided and monofilament is just on how it looks. You know, um, monofilament is more I think time sensitive. Um, yeah, than, the, the sun than, than, it than up, the braid is yeah, the sun bleaches it out to, you know, if it has a little bit of wear, then we change it, okay? okay. The last thing you want is freaking,
0: freaking. where you, the sun is no joke in Panama.
1: No joke, yeah. So the the, the gear that we wear, you know, face masks, um, our shirts, clothes, pants, um, sunscreen, gloves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I use all that stuff because I don't want to be in the sun at all. Um, so that's also very important. Yeah. Sunglasses, you know, we got our costas um polarized lenses so you can see the water better um all v- very essential
0: and rain gear
1: and rain gear <laughs> we got that covered real well with <laughs> yeah uh, we we get we don't get a whole in the rainy season we get quite a bit of rain but in...
0: it doesn't usually last all day though no it doesn't last all day i was there in may which i guess is kind yeah. of the beginning but we I mean. shut
1: down the, the height of our rainy season so september and october were closed but the the other months, it, it may rain. We might get in, in a rainstorm here and there, but it usually just rains at night, and then during the day, it's nice. So.
0: Well, it's a it's a fantastic lodge, and I think anyone who is serious about offshore fishing should go with an operation like Shane's to see how they do it, like he was saying, to just sort of learn. And I must have asked you a million questions that day. Yeah. And you no. must get asked a million <laughs> questions every day.
1: No, I do, but I, but I, I enjoy showing guys you know what we do and how to do it, mm-hmm. and, and I get clients that come. You get sh- excited, man. That's I, fun. I get. Yeah, I I get clients that show me stuff, and you know I want to see. I learn from clients all the time. Yeah, you know because these guys are coming from different areas, the way they do different stuff, and, and, and we'll apply that to our you know fishing as well. Yeah, come on, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that a lot well,
0: as I was pinned to the gunnel.
1: <laughs> I mean, c- coming to our place, I, I was a. I was a fisherman from Florida, okay? I was in, in Delray Beach. I was, going off, I was going offshore fishing every weekend. I wasn't working. So um, when I went to Panama for the first time and, it, and I saw the amount of life and stuff that's going on out there, I was just mesmerized. I was obsessed. Um, so mo- most of our clients, they, they don't see that stuff all the time. And for them to come and see the, the amount of life and fish and stuff that goes on and th- different tunas and rooster fish and marlin and whales and porpoises and birds and i mean sea snakes and it just blows up yeah it's it it's 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 mind-boggling but i mean that that's the that's the great thing about our places it's there's uh so many different species and opportunities the life and it's other than the fishing the things that you see uh, like i said the whales and the porpoises and the birds it's it's uh and the island's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's really... Uh,
0: it looks like Jurassic Park kind yeah. of your place. It's Shane's Lodge is on an island that's really just a big rock. Um, but it's it's so unique, and you wake up in the morning. The food is outstanding. Um, you have breakfast. You walk down the hill, and the boats are anchored out right there. And uh, it's just the whole thing, the way you guys do it, It's really unique. It's I recommend it it's a lot of fun we need to get that we've been talking about doing an angler's journal hosted trip so
1: let's do it man let's do it
0: yeah get some of the readers out there if you're listening and you want to try it uh, let us know and we'll make sure to put Shane's link in the description of the podcast but it's uh i want to get back i want to get back i'd love to i'd love to catch a, a dorado a mahi a tuna and a black marlin in a day let's do it
1: that's all <laughs> no problem
0: uh, but at the when I went last time I said I want to catch a big tuna on a spinning rod <laughs>
1: everybody, everybody wants to catch a big tuna on the spinning rod until they're <laughs> catching a big tuna on a spinning rod it's like tarpon you know
0: people say that too they're like I want to catch a big tarpon on a fly rod and you do it once and you're like I'm good with the juvenile you know <laughs> 40 50 pounders yeah. there. But that was unbelievable because it, it's such a, the bite is so cool. Seeing that fish just hammer one of those poppers or, or uh, swimmers. It was, it was a great time, man. Thank you so much. It's always fun to see you at the show. Thanks for coming over and uh, sitting down with us.
1: You're welcome, Charlie. Thanks a lot. All right, buddy. Really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah, anytime. Whether you're considering installing thrusters on your boat and have pre-sale questions or already have them and need post-sale troubleshooting and service, IMTRA offers unparalleled support with a full-time team of product experts that are here to help you out. With hundreds of different thruster sizes and styles from Slepner to offer, IMTRA is the best source for your bow or stern thruster needs. Visit imtra.com, that's I-M-T-R-A.com, or give them a call to get answers to
1: all your thruster questions.